0: Unarmored Talk Podcast, episode number 11. Diagnosed with stage four cancer on my 21st wedding anniversary. Hosted by Mario P. Fields, with today's guest, Dawood Akil, entrepreneur and United States Marine Corps veteran. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Unarmored Talk podcast, where we will have real-life conversations to help you develop an accurate way of thinking. And the way we're going to do this is by gaining a better understanding of how feelings, emotions, and thoughts can influence the outcome of a personal or professional challenge. I'm your host, Mario P. Fields, and today's guest is Dawood Akil He's an entrepreneur. I mean, he's involved in multiple things. I stopped counting last year. And he's also a United States Marine Corps veteran. Dawood, welcome to Unarmored Tall Podcast, my friend.
1: Thank you very much, Sergeant Major. Definitely a pleasure to be in your presence, sir.
0: No, I appreciate it. It's likewise, you call me Mario. I
1: can't do that quite (laughs) yet. Still working on that part.
0: <laughs> hey, well, well, hey, again, thanks for blessing us and being on the show. Uh, uh, tell the, the you know, viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, well, obviously, you stated my name is Dawood Akil, definitely a proud Marine veteran. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, um, 57 years old, and I am definitely an entrepreneur from the soles of my feet to the top. Yeah,
0: f- 57, Dawood. <laughs> <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know this is unarmed talk. You know I, I, I'm learning stuff. That's why I love the interviews, man. If you, if you're 57, there's hope for me. <laughs> the way you look, anyway. I'm sorry, man. God, good. All right, go ahead. All
1: right, praise God. But other than that, I just <laughs> I love entrepreneurship, love business, and I'm uh, very fortunate to have been kind of captain in my ship now for about about 27, 28. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, you know, you mentioned the word fortunate. And a lot of times I think uh, I believe, right, that, that people will associate uh, being fortunate, you know, with successes. You know, you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you, you know, you, you, you're the captain of your own ship, per se. But on your 21st wedding anniversary here recently, I don't know if it's fortunate news or not. But instead of celebrating with your lovely bride of 21 years of matrimony, you know, you're, you're, you're told you have cancer. Holy smoke. Uh, talk, talk to us about that.
1: Uh, yeah, that was um, completely unexpected. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fairly healthy, still working out, you know, wanting to still be that Marine of 30 years ago. Right. Um, but I had been on a new campaign of eating right, you know, working out daily. And I went to the doctor because I, Um, on the 24th, actually, I wasn't feeling too well. And to be honest, not to make this bad, but I noticed that my urine was really dark. And so I went on the 24th and they told me at that time that I had a liver induced, a drug induced liver infection. Now I, I've never smoked in my life. A drug induced liver
0: infection.
1: Never used. I I can still get drunk off of one beer and, uh, (laughs) Um, and they told me they wanted to admit me. And at that time, uh, I was adamant that, no, nope, I'm not staying in the hospital because uh, my anniversary was the next day with my wife. And, of course, because they thought it was pretty severe, I had right. to sign forms that if I left, you know, against their recommendation if something happened to me, it released a hospital of liability. Right. And I and I was honest. I just told them, you know, uh, my anniversary is tomorrow. Uh, I have a history of taking my wife to dinner and I am not going to spend my anniversary in a hospital bed without my wife because of COVID Yeah. So I signed their papers. And I told them I'll get through my dinner and I'll come back. And so I, I proceeded to do just that, took my wife to Ruth Chris. And because I was in so much pain, even though I bought a, or I had a almost $300 bill with a big stake <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> I couldn't eat anything. So I literally took my wife to Chris out in Orange County. Uh, One of my sons went with us. I watched them eat and I couldn't eat anything. And, you know, we celebrated, came back home and, um, know, I told my wife, yeah, I need you to take me to the hospital. And so she took me back to the hospital, to the VA and they admitted me through emergency and, uh, the journey kind of began there. So it was a lot of tests. Um, Right. And from there, that next day or actually that next morning, um, I found out that I had a a pretty large tumor in my gallbladder. Um, It had spread to a bile duct and had also touched my liver. Wow. um, That was my anniversary. And of course, the start of now, how do I go home? And had this discussion, not just with my wife, but, you know, all our children and grandchildren. So the journey started there.
0: Wow. So you, 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 you know, you, you get this kind of pre-diagnosis before you go out to eat. Uh, I'm 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 I imagine there were a lot of emotions. I mean, and let's, let's let's talk about that part. How were you able to, you know, as, as you said, celebrate with, with this information flowing through your brain and and dealing with uh, you know all all human beings are emotional right we we all have emotions, but how did you deal with that and what what type of emotions did you experience at this dinner was it uh, anger was it depression was it confusion you
1: you know what what was it how did how did you get through it, um, I think when I went because in the beginning I thought I had a a drug induced liver infection is what I went to dinner thinking, okay, and so. And that moment I wasn't depressed. I wasn't angry. I was more like, I've never taken drugs. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Right. I'm thinking this is a misdiagnosis. And honestly, I just convinced myself I had overworked my liver and kidney because I was taking a lot of protein shakes and creatine, you know, trying to work out. Right. So I just assumed that I had overdid it with those things. And so I honestly, at that time, I felt, well, that's an easy fix. I'll you know cleanse my kidneys and my liver, right? My proteins go, and I'll just keep on soldiering. That was the thought process. So, yeah, like it'll just buff out. I just drink yeah. some water, make some mulch,
0: like we do in the military, and it'll buff out.
1: Yeah, ex- exactly. So for me, in that <laughs> moment, it was more or less this is a hiccup in the road. But you know, like a true soldier, I'm like I got a wound, but there's still a a, a fight to be fought. So when right. I, wound, I get back to the base camp. So I, I was literally just kind of in a state like I no big deal.
0: Wow. And then and so so the next day is when the accurate diagnosis is presented to you. Talk talk to the viewers and listeners about what emotionally went on after you realized with, with the accurate diagnosis that it's not just a little bit of protein here and there, you know, or you're 37, you can't lift as
1: much as you used to. But
0: you know, but now it's a serious, serious diagnosis and it's not what you thought.
1: Right. So once I got in and, and the next morning of the 26, yeah. um, obviously I was in a lot of pain. Um, and when the doctors came and spoke to me, um, uh, I'll be honest, when they first came in, cause they came in on me like a group, so mm. I, I was under attack. I did get a little afraid because there were like five doctors and, you know, usually right. when people come, you're going to get, you, you know, it's something serious. And so I was a little afraid at that moment. Um, but when they actually start telling me uh, what the outcome was, uh, oddly enough, I actually felt a little relief. And, and I think for people who wow. have cancer to think there was relief, because most people are very afraid of the cancer. Right. Um, uh, for me, sorry, Major, you know, cancer is something <clears throat> that my family deals with. Uh, throughout. And mm. probably I'm not aware of anyone who's passed away in my family with the exception of one person, maybe in the last 30 years who didn't die from cancer. Right. So because that's something I'm so accustomed to, I actually felt relief because I felt like, oh, you're telling me something that I'm already used to dealing with. So I'm prepared for this fight. I was kind of literally thinking like, who, you know, you're not telling me I have, uh, you know, some other injury that's going to be really life-threatening, even though what I, what I have is that. But I felt like this was a battle that I was built to fight. And so yeah, uh, I immediately kind of felt my stoism. Um, like, okay, tell me what, what's the next steps. Tell me what I need to do. You know, I had a conversation with my higher power, and I'm like, you just tell me what I need to do, and let's get to it. Um, you, you,
0: you know, and that's interesting how you brought up how your unique – Life experiences, not you experiencing, you know, cancer diagnosis yourself, but being around other people um, that have experienced this, this serious, you know, serious disease. Right. Um, it's interesting how you brought that up, that that how that those life experiences influence your emotions where it wasn't fear, it wasn't depression, it wasn't, you know, anxiety. Because of those life experiences, it, it, it allowed you to have this feeling of clarity, if, if you will, uh, where now you're like, okay, now I understand what I have. Was there any moments that that after you had this moment of clarity, you're thinking through things, was there any moment where you didn't feel that things still weren't clear to you or you didn't feel that comfortable or confident as you did when you got the initial you know
1: diagnosis. Um, you know the the one thing that made me afraid of the whole scenario had nothing to do with my personal battle. I was completely okay with that. I'm mm. I'm not really good at sharing. Right, um, an armor uh, talk. Right. Well, it, <laughs> <laughs> um, but my thought was, how could I tell my wife that it was something else and mm. just battle, and wow, I, kids, and so the most difficult part of this was not that I was the one that was going to have to fight a battle. It was what would be the effect on my wife and my children and my grandchildren. Mm. That was the only scary part, because, you know, to me, I'm, I'm that rock in my unit yeah. and family. And if, if I go down, what, what will happen to them? So my right. fear was more related to, how would my wife, how would my children emotionally process this and their uneasiness would make the battle harder for me because I would then be focused on helping them instead of me focused on beating this disease. So that was probably the, the scariest part of it is how they would deal with the results.
0: Yeah. Wow. And that's, uh, that's, you know, the, the way you took an external thought process advice uh, and internal, I mean, um, you know that that's amazing to highlight i you know i don't know what i would do but but i you know listening to you uh, you you know just reminded me that sometimes you have to think outwardly um then inwardly to, to get through an emotional uh situation uh, so that that's main so, so you're thinking okay how am i going to explain to my my beautiful bride and my family that uh you know what i thought was a little you know protein and just need some water. Um, this thing is, is, is serious. Right. And, and, and now you're, you're thinking, how, how do I tell them? Talk to us about how did you get to, how did you think through that and develop kind of a level of comfort where you finally uh, you know, gave your family the news?
1: Right. Well, and I won't say that it was helpful, but I actually spent uh, 10 days in the hospital. And so because of that time and because of COVID, no one could come and see me. Mm. Um, obviously yeah. I didn't get there, you know, with my phone and everything. So I had time to one, get more clarity with the doctors. Um, I actually went through a, a really bad trauma during the 10 days and I almost passed away. Um, I found out during that time that I have a, a bad reaction to oxycodone. Oh, wow. Um, and that was a, that's a, painkiller that they gave to me to help me deal with the pain uh, because I'd had a couple procedures and it it actually paralyzed me uh matter of fact I actually thought that I was going to die um I got the 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 oxycodone yeah like 15 minutes later I knew something was wrong I started feeling my legs get weak Um, I literally tried to get out of the bed and go to the nurse and I couldn't walk I couldn't stand up and then I felt my arms going numb Mm. And kind of ironically, I was close enough to the bed where I fell on the bed. I grabbed that button to push for a nurse. Right. Uh, they ran in, and and this was day number three, <clears throat> and I literally lost all my feeling in my extremities. My stomach started going numb, and for a second time, I had about twelve doctors, you know, around me. Uh, they had a crash cart. I got a, I forgot the Norcam the drug to reverse the effects of a, another drug pushed. Right. Into, um I ended up in ICU and the airbags to massage your muscles and cat scans. Cause they weren't sure whether I was having a stroke or a heart attack. Right. So kind of the odd thing was that was transitioning. And really in that time, the only thing I could say to the doctors, I was emotional. I was actually kind of crying. I honestly thought I was going to die. And I even told the guy, The one doctor, I said, I can't believe this is how I'm going to go. Wow. And I told this doctor, uh, or actually a young nurse, I said, I just need you to do one thing. And they're they're, literally as doctors poking me everywhere and doing things. And I said, I just need you to tell my wife that I wasn't afraid. And I went out like a Marine.
0: Wow. Man. That's powerful. But sorry <laughs> no no it, it's it's an armor talk you know this is help mm-hmm. is to help us and then to help our viewers <laughs> and listeners because we you know while living we, we will experience life events every single day and we don't even know what's going to come our way you know tomorrow so i just appreciate that would you you're removing your armor to help lots of people
1: yeah so um We got that uh, through that. I spent a couple of days in the ICU and I got back. And then I was, you know, in my regular ward for about another uh, five and a half, six days. Yeah. So when I got released by that time, I had had that time to get through. Um, I got another procedure. And, you know, by then I was able to use a a phone in the hospital. So I called my wife. We had the conversation. And um, Mm -hmm. the immediate blessing I got was my wife instantly became our commanding officer <laughs> <laughs> you you're sure she wasn't always <laughs> right well she was <laughs> but she let me know right then and there of what were going to be the steps uh... and how i was going to proceed and that she was fine and her peace. and she made a statement to me is that I'm focusing on where we are right now I'm not worried about something down the road and because I knew she was at a peaceful place, yeah, uh, it put me at peace, um, you know, because even though I think I'm a pretty tough guy, I do know that my wife is in charge. You know, she <laughs> tells me, I'm the head, but she's the neck. So she's going to control what happens to the head. And um, it was just great. And so yeah. once I got home, uh, her and I had a couple conversations. We hadn't talked to our children yet. And so we talked about how we would talk to them. And so we were trying to get them all to the house at one time, which we were unsuccessful in doing because our kids are in a couple of different places. Right. Um, but we kind of developed a plan and we ended up, you know, I have nine children. And so we sat down with groups of them. I think it was three, four and two. And, and so once we told them um, the girls took it a little bit harder than the boys. Right. Um, but at that moment, Um, I think because they saw me, I was still Mm -hmm. relatively mobile. Um, it was helpful. And I think because they could see me and, and they didn't see fear in my face and, you know, I'm pretty belligerent naturally. So they saw that. And I think that gave them some peace that they knew I would fight. And, you know, then we were starting chemo. So, um, that was just that process, but really the the hero in the whole process was my wife. Um, she she kept my kids grounded. She kept our grandkids grounded. You know, she was communicating with them every day. She became the the link to them checking in. Right. Um, so yeah. it, it, immediately, I found out that my wife was actually a lot stronger than I was. I took a little issue with that, but but
0: <laughs> and, uh, the the circumstance revealed the true character of the commanding general.
1: <laughs> yes. Immediately, immediately, uh, so. You know,
0: you know, and I know our viewers and listeners are, will probably, you know, I'm, a, I'm going to believe that they would want to know currently. So how are you doing today? You know, today is December, you know, December the 10th of 2020. And um, and so how are you doing today?
1: Um, well, today, I, I honestly, sorry, Major, I used your podcast as a marker, Um I had I've been doing pretty well through this process, and you know I, I got a word early when I came home uh, from my higher power to fight, which I was comfortable with that. But yeah. to, and that was something that I'm not comfortable with. But the concept right. was for me to share this journey to try to be a help to other people, and more importantly, because I'm a business owner, it, it meant that I have to share my journey that I'm still trying to grow my business because I have a lot of people who work with me. Right. And so I, I took that process. I've been sharing on LinkedIn this journey. But for the last two, well, almost three months, I thought I was doing fine. <clears throat> um, this week, I have chemo on Mondays. Yeah. It takes me a day and a half or two to bounce back. But uh, this week was my most difficult week since the process began. Mm-hmm. and um, It was Tuesday, probably midday. And I, I felt myself going into a depression, and I couldn't sleep all night. Um, I had a horrible Wednesday, and and I literally just felt that, okay, I, I can't fight anymore. And um, you know, for me, I'm I'm fortunate to have a good support system, right? But I was I was ready to tap out. Um, yeah, and I just thought, you know, I can't do another chemo. I just have to have a conversation with my wife and my kids to say. I can't take it anymore. And I got to go out on my terms. Right. You know, I was my body. Chemo makes you extremely exhausted. Soreness through your muscles. You know, my feet, my hands are tingly because of the high dosage of chemo that I get. Yeah. I'm not. And I was I was honestly I knew I was going into a depression. I felt it and I didn't want to say anything to my wife. And I'm thinking, how do I take this next step? Because I'm, I'm tired. And so <clears throat> um, Wednesday morning, the only thing that I knew to do was, you know, normally I would go for a run, but I, I'm not capable of doing that right now.
0: Right, right.
1: I, I decided to just go out and walk. And, and that walk um, was something that I was able to do to make me feel like I still had fight in me, some control. willingness to not give in and you know on that call walk i called my spiritual mother and father who happens to be another retired marine gunny out of 29 palms with sergeant major dutchin and um i didn't get him but he's my spiritual father right my spiritual mother and father and i just knew i just called him and i didn't get him i left a message saying you know uh gunny brock whenever you get a chance call me i just need you to pray for me And so I walked, I think I walked about a mile and a half, got back home, and um, the walk took so much out of me, I passed out. Right. Um, But I woke up, he called me, he gave me prayer, and it was just the right thing at the right time. Uh, You know, my wife was always doing what she was doing. I didn't even tell her I was feeling this way. We had that conversation actually last night. Right. (laughs) But... I got through it, I woke up, went walking again this morning, and I just felt like, um, you know, even thinking of you, Sergeant Major, as a mentor, it's like your podcast was the next thing I had to make sure that I need to be here for. Yeah. Instead of me focusing on how I felt, I focused on what I need to do. And, and that meant I need to be front and center and present for your podcast. And that also became a part of my sharing. And so, no, I,
0: no, I, I appreciate it, and and I may be a SAR retired SAR major, but you know, in my eyes, you you you're you're this the the galaxy SAR major. and I report to you, man. So I, you know, I appreciate that. It um is is there anything you know that you would like to leave our viewers and listeners? I mean, you 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 know, again, you shared some amazing, um, in my eyes, amazing. Um, information where thought, I believe, you know, just the way you think really allowed you to be aware of those feelings and emotions and and influence the outcome even currently today. So is there any last things you want to leave our viewers
1: and listeners, my friend? Um, I I think the most important thing or that I feel is important is that we reach out to one another. Um, This diagnosis, the one thing that has helped me with is connecting with other people who are going through what I'm going through, the different types of cancer or in any type of situation. Um, I now know how important it is to connect. And also just as important is to be someone willing to, like your podcast, say become unarmored and share um, because not everybody um, has a support system. And right. you know, that's something that's important to me. And, and at the same time, because I'm an entrepreneur, I think it's important for me to also still reflect that even though I have a, a, a pretty serious situation I'm dealing with, right, I have an obligation to my company, I still have an obligation to all the agents that work with me, and I need them to know that regardless, I'm still on the battlefield with them. I won't fall back. I will still stand right out in front. I just move a little bit slower. And so for me, I think anyone who's an entrepreneur and if something happens, it's still your responsibility to leave from the front. And that's what I'm trying to do. Nice. No, I like it. And, and if it, where can people find you? Um, well, our company is called JCI agency. Uh, our website is, uh, www.jci-agency.com. Uh, um, we're the same thing, JCI agency, Inc on Facebook and Instagram, and then same thing on LinkedIn. So, um, would love to hear from anyone. We are, a uh, A company that helps people who are going into business, anything from the corporations to their accounting, taxes, bookkeeping, any kind of insurance you can imagine, which, you know, I definitely want to say something that was really important is uh, I'm a life insurance broker as well. And it was this situation that made what I do, which I knew was so important, came home because today I am actually utilizing one of my life insurance policies, why I can't work. Um. You know, unfortunately, I had to plan my funeral, but it's paid for. And I had to make provisions for, you know, if this doesn't go well, to make sure that my wife and children are okay, And those things that I took care of because that's my profession are now benefiting my family. And so that becomes really important because many of us are not prepared, even though we think we have time. Things like what happened to me, you realize you don't. Yeah. Well,
0: ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from Dawood Akil. And uh, for Unarmored Talk podcast, you can subscribe and watch this episode um, at Mario P. Phil slash YouTube. Put that in your search engine. You go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Sprout, and download uh, the audio. And also, if you like the show, uh, leave us a rating and review. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you, Sergeant Major. No, you're welcome, my friend thank you for listening to unarmored talk podcast subscribe at www.unarmoredtalk.com to receive information on the release of upcoming episodes unarmored talk podcast is sponsored by global inspirational speakers llc a inspirational speakers bureau that connects inspirational speakers to the world